0: Hello, welcome to the Richard Herring podcast feed, powered by ACAS+. Thanks so much for listening to these. Do tell your friends if you enjoy them. The Can I Have My Ballback Tour is back on the road this week. We're in London on the 7th in the Bloomsbury Theatre and Leicester Square Theatre on the 9th. I've got quite a lot of tickets to sell for both of those, so if you're in London, please come along. Then the 13th in Cambridge, few tickets left for that one. Uh, Leicester on the 14th, Leeds on the 15th. Uh, Salford on the 16th, Newcastle on the 17th which is sold out on the website but I think there might be a few more tickets to release. Uh, So do come along if you want to see me talk about my balls and one of them not being here anymore. It's a very funny show. Four star reviews in the Telegraph and the Standard. Um, Anyway look let's sit back relax and enjoy another fantastic podcast from Richard Herring the Genius Podcaster.
1: Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Newtown Theatre. Please welcome a man who is currently on the run from the police. It's Richard Herring. Thank you very much. Hello ah, oh, it's good to be back. Uh, so welcome uh, to Richard Herring's Lots of Sleep Today podcast. I uh, went to bed at about nine o'clock and slept through till my son didn't wake up till six fifteen. It's the most I've ever slept in the last five years. I feel incredible, uh, but I was. Uh, I was talking to Stuart Little the other day, not that one. Uh, he's a guy who's found the largest ever frazzle in the world In his allegedly... I don't know if you saw the... It's a very topical show, this. This is in today's Metro. He's found a frazzle that's that long, that you've got people at home, really long. Uh, and um, he, uh, some people think he's, he, it's a fake because it's bigger than a packet of frazzles. <laughs> Uh, he, he then said, "Oh, the the packet was open." So that's quite. That's quite. <laughs> but I like. Anyway, he calls it realist but anyway. In any case, so uh, yeah, I'm, I got. In, I'm in. I'm in potential trouble with the police uh, during <laughs> uh, yesterday show. Um, for the last few days, I've been, there's been stories in the papers. This is the only reason I've been talking about it, about women putting things in their vaginas they shouldn't put in their vaginas. I see this very much as a public service announcement. Don't put like ice oils or chocolate or vinegar, anything in your vagina, okay? So I, I think I called yesterday's show Richard Herring's Let's Stuff Twats podcast. Uh, and I think they maybe took that seriously what the podcast was going to be. A family with two teenage daughters got up and walked out of the venue right within the first minute of the show. I didn't see any of this. I Went to the front and said, that's the most disgusting show I've ever seen. I'm going to the police about this. Which, I mean, if you're going to go to the police about Edinburgh shows, they're going to be very busy, aren't they? With it. I don't know if they thought I was just going to do... It. Everyone in the audience had a vagina. I was going to... Uh, well... I'm not like that, I wouldn't do that, I'm a happily married man. Uh, anyway, he walked out and there were two policemen right outside and he walked straight past them, so I reckon I'm going to be safe. Though I think it might be because they were constables and that starts that starts with... wait <laughs> weird minute, it, it starts with that. Uh, so, uh, uh, right, uh, it's A-level results day yesterday, which means today is Andrew Collins perving over young girls jumping on the, in the air on the front of all the... Newspaper. I always think of Andrew Collins on today, the day that... All the papers have pictures of young girls going, Hooray! I've got my A-levels! Uh, and Andrew Collins always has said he, he didn't like it, but uh, he always talked about it a lot, so I think he likes it. Oh, then, oh, thank you to Carpet Martin for the Stuart little story, by the way. Uh, and um, let's see, is there anything else? That's pretty much it. I haven't had a drink for 228 days. I thought Edinburgh might get me, but no, there's no chance to go out due to uh, having st- stupid children. I <laughs> don't know why I did it uh, anyway my first guest they're lovely my uh, first test when they sleep uh, my first guest if they were sleep all the time that would be good is there a way of doing that that's murder isn't it I'm I, um,
1: <laughs> thinking about it
0: my first guest today has only done good stuff I have to say so this is a hard thing for me to give her a best known for she is best known for the fanny song that's uh, topical <laughs> Do, don't walk out it's, uh, it's <laughs> Just do pelvic floor exercises if you want to, if you want to get, that's all you have to do, don't put things up there. It's fine as it is. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Talk to the audience. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Bryony Kimmings, ladies and gentlemen. Come in, sit down. Here's the microphone, There's some water. We're off. How are you doing? Okay. Yeah, good. Tired? You're tired. Yeah, but we're all tired. We're all a bit tired. Well, I'm not tired. I'm, full of, I'm oh, yeah, really right. full of beans. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I you know, I had four hours sleep the night before, so I'm going to crash in a second. During, I'm going to see Wallace and Gromit's orchestral adventure next. Oh, are you? Yeah.
2: I saw that, but I can't, you can't you be can't bothered. No, oh, you can't be bothered. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I, I saw you very unusually. When I came to Edinburgh this year, I thought, I'm not doing a show. I'll go to all my guest shows. I'll see them, and then I'll be able to talk to them about their shows. hmm Into anything except (laughs) for your show, which I saw yesterday afternoon. That's good. Uh, Which I'm glad I did because it's. But it's. I'm still processing it. It takes a long time to process that show. It's incredible, as you know. (laughs) It's very hard to describe what it is. I think it's the closest I've ever seen in a theatre to being seeing inside somebody's brain, being inside someone's brain.
2: That's good because that was one of the aims. Yeah. yeah.
0: But uh, it really. I mean, it's a very personal show. You're very funny. Uh, but the show Cheers. is the show is mainly quite cryy. serious, yeah, quite cryy, bit cryy. Yeah, I mean, it's performance art. How would, how do you describe it so that I can that I won't mess it up?
2: Well, I call thing I call my work performance art because I do, if I said I was stand up, everyone would say you're not because you sing songs and you use video and you're sort of also being quite serious sometimes. So I don't say comedy, although there is comedy in it. Yeah. So I say it's sort of singing, telling stories, dancing, crying.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it is you know, the opening is very funny. I think the the opening joke is one of the funniest opening jokes. when I say a joke, the the opening bit is the, <laughs> is is a very funny bit. Oh, uh, and so you know, it, and you, you're getting laughs right. So it's, and it, and it's there's, I mean, it's about uh, your uh, some difficult years you've had over the last few years mm. uh, and uh, a relationship breakup. Having a child who uh, got very ill, yeah, and and postnatal depression, yeah, right?
2: all those, yeah. brilliantly topical sort of fun things
0: yeah, to talk about. Course, yeah. <laughs> You're covering it. So, I mean, it's sort of light hearted, and then it's and there's light hearted ways of looking at it, and then it does it gets a little bleak and a little. I mean, not, but I mean, but it's it's a positive show as well. Oh God. Yeah, I mean, it's,
2: I mean, yeah, it's like the worst year of my life. Like yeah. we all have one of those years, right? Some of us might not have had it yet. I might get another one. But it was one of those ones where it was just like, oh, everything that could possibly happen went wrong. And then I tried to make something a- about it because I make stuff about my own life that wasn't, that kind of went there and said, you know, this is how deep and dark it can get, yeah. you know. And then this is, the, then it blows over. And then, you know, and then it will happen again. <laughs> yeah. Because that's life, isn't it? You sort of swan around thinking that nothing's going to happen. And then something major happens. And you're like, oh, I see.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's quite an extreme example, I think, of um, <laughs> what can happen after you have kids and, and yeah, things go wrong. But I think yeah. it resonates. A lot of it, really. I, I also, after our second kid, we moved house just as we had our second kid to mm-hmm. an old house that where everything was going wrong in the house, mm-hmm. and the house wasn't ready, and we were nearly uh, po- poisoned with carbon monoxide. Oh, and it felt like it felt like the house. Yeah, you know, it felt like the house was trying to get us. you know. Yeah. Uh, which is sort Cursed. of, yeah. Which is sort of. I mean, yours is about moving to a house on a it, where there's floods and yeah. and it's a lovely old house. But again, it's that thing of isolating yourself oh at a God. point when you need to be unisolated. Un- un- think a lot, a lot of people do that. But what what I like about it is that kind of honesty of, um, you know, no one really talks about the reality of what it's like being a parent really no. seriously. No, uh, I mean, some someone might
2: whisper to you, sort of, when especially as a woman when you're pregnant. Everyone's so Everyone's so lovely. They're like, oh, it's going to be so lovely. They want to touch you. They want to give you nappy cakes. They want to, you know, buy you books that are covered in flowers. And you could put your kids' teeth in this bit. And you're like, no one goes, this is going to be the worst year of your life. Like, just hold on to your trousers. And, like, your relationship's going to completely fuck up. Don't, like, just hold on. No one says that. No. No one passed me a little how to under the table and went brace brace you know it was like this is going to be lovely and then i'm there with my kid like i want to kill myself and then you're like is this normal and it's like yeah it's completely normal it happens to like one in three of us yeah and um and yeah so i don't i really i try my best although i i struggle as well to get pregnant friends and be like yeah it's gonna be lovely <laughs> don't come and see my show for like a year <laughs> and then come you know like,
0: yeah but well, I was sort of trying to work out whether I should. My wife should go and see it Yeah, because my wife did struggle a little bit as well after the after the second mm. uh, child. And it's you know I don't like it was because it's it's all about that madness and you know and I, but that thing exactly what you say about the relationship, the way you've got to be a very strong relationship and even if you are a very strong relationship it could still destroy you and no one's because suddenly it's there's a different focus yeah. but also you're very tired and just arguing with each
2: other who was it the other day that said to me oh it's a lady that she was making this another podcast another podcast not as good as this podcast obviously. Um, and she was saying you know how on earth did I think I'd be able to have children with someone just because we we knew how to have nice dinners and go dancing yeah. it's like you know actually what you need is someone to you actually it's so weird because it's like such a different... It's such a change in register, isn't it? It is,
0: yeah. Well, I, I did a show called Boys Loving Here, which was that same sort of point. You know, you, you get together with someone because you fancy them and like going to the cinema with them. Mm. And then <laughs> Maybe she stole that not, off you. Let's <laughs> stop doing that. Let's, uh, let's, let's go to business with each other and raise a child. Let's That's touch poo. New job. <laughs> Let's touch poo.
2: Let's be sick, Don.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, I, it's, I mean, it's very difficult. I mean, I do it as, a lot as well, I suppose, in, um, in using your real life in, in mm-hmm. comedy. And this is... I mean, but this is... I mean, more so than most standards would do, I think, in terms of it's, a, yeah, it's a very personal and very raw still subject for you. It's obviously a, a helped you through the process. Yeah. But do, do you, does it bulk at all to, to get that personal stuff out there, or do does it what did you just does say it, it? bulk? I don't know if that's the right word. Does it, um, I don't know what that means. No, it? I don't, I'm not sure. B- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, there used to I'm be a pub near us called, called the Balk, snooker, so balk uh, and Chalk, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what was, um, does it, does it, did you ever think I'm not, I don't want to d- reveal this much about myself, you know? Is it, is it right? And, and, and actually, it's still close, it's only two, two, of, years, two years ago, ago. Yeah.
2: yeah, um. Weirdly, I mean, I've always made shows about my life and it, there's always been an element of sort of sorrow or, you know, difficulty there. There have been, not been easy subjects to talk about, but nothing like this. Yeah. And I remember being, you know, sort of apologising because we had to cancel our tour when Frank got so... He had a neurological syndrome. He got very, very ill very, very quickly. So to cancel a tour, and I remember sort of writing, i oh, sorry that... can't do that, and then someone's sort of joking like, oh, don't worry about it because you'll be making a show about it in a couple of years and maybe just being like, if I, if that person was standing opposite me, I would have punched them, you know, or head them or whatever, drop-kicked them. And and I'm thinking, no way will I ever... This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And then a couple of years later, when I felt like I was out of the woods from it, I started to speak to women about their postnatal depression. I thought, I kind of have to make a show about it, even if I feel like it will hurt me a bit and it will be tricky and triggering that we don't talk about it and if my job is to talk about things that we don't talk about then it would be really irresponsible yeah for the next choice to be like i'm gonna make a show about sunshine and daisies <laughs> and, you know i thought I'm, i have a duty if that's what i do i'll do that
0: yeah and when i think as a stand up whenever anything bad has happened to me there is the voice at my back of my head going as long as everybody survives this, yeah. this. is great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even if we lose one of it, uh, <laughs> them. The young one, I don't want the young one I don't want to lose the young one. I'd, I'd be upset about the girl, but it's... Uh, it's... <laughs> no, stop. He's lovely, he's lovely, he's lovely. Uh, <laughs> but that's, but you know, but, it, but again, the show I did about uh, having a kid was that it was, it was the fears, you know, that which you know you had to live through, the actual dread of things that could go wrong mm. is, is sort of all-encompassing as, any, as anything bad happening. Anyway, you live through yeah, all the do. terrible stuff that could happen, even then it doesn't happen. Yeah. So then when it does happen, I mean, it's... it's yeah, it's... I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's... Technically, it's an amazing achievement as well, which I... The show? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the staging of it is incredible. I mean, there must be an amazing team behind it. Oh, such on. a
2: brilliant team, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's lots of video, isn't there? Lots of set pieces. There's a lot of... Te- Technology in it, which I which I wanted. I wanted to having this is I think my sixth show. I'd made a musical at the National. People had kind of liked it, so it was like okay, maybe now I can get some money to make something from about this. And then I sort of thought to myself, well, it needs to be quite epic. You know, it needs to be very high tech kind of. An epic of a very unheard story because it can't just be sort of spit and sawdust, you know, like oh then I went mental and then you know tried to drown myself, whatever that is. Yeah. But um, it needed to be sort of so polished and beautiful and an esque, what's it called, like elevate that story to sort of epic levels. And so I really love all that sort of beautiful filmic kind of quality to yeah. the look of it. Yeah.
0: But if anything goes, I mean, I just again as a performer, I think God, if anything goes wrong in this show, you're fucked, aren't you? Does stuff go wrong?
2: <laughs> sometimes. I think uh, the, there's a lot of live feed going on. Yeah. Um, sometimes a little handheld camera goes a bit mad. Right. And I just shout at the technician to come down and fix it and then take the piss out of him as he's coming down. Yeah. Um, no, not badly. Not badly. I, once I did fall off the stage, but um, that was sort of, there's a sort of middle section where I do in inside the video. Yeah. Just sort of came flying off the front. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> You know, I've, like, sort of this sort of, is quite. You know, I've done awful things in my yeah. career, so I don't really mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you're looking at that bit. I mean, there, that's where there's bits where you thought this. It's like magic on stage. That bit where you are suddenly in the video. Inside, it, yeah. it takes you a good few minutes to kind of work out how it's happening, and and if it, I and even that. then you're not sure. So you think has she just gone off as this a film? Go, oh, no, she's. That's like my
2: nerd. nerdiest thing. Like, <laughs> when I'm watching theatre, I I do love theatre, and I do watch it for the story. But often I'm like, how did they do that? I'm so nerdy about that kind. Yeah. Of yeah. of tech thing so I love that people laughed it was like how did you fall through that hole <laughs> I'm like I didn't I'm just standing still yeah. the video's moving they're like what
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome uh, people I mean again I think people just have to uh, go and see it I and mean, I mean, it's selling very well not surprisingly it's been going for a little you've got a couple long.
2: of extra shows though yeah, I yeah, think yeah, yeah, yeah next week
0: it's, um, it's sort of weird I, I did a play in that venue it's Sort of. that's the And I went to see something the other day, which was Captain Flynn and the Pirate Dinosaurs. Oh yeah, Frank went to see that. Yeah, and it's sort of so weird when you just think all the different things that are capable of happening in that same space. I know. I can't believe that Captain Flynn and the Pirate Dinosaurs happened in the same room as what I saw you do. I know. And then you sort of wait (laughs)
2: ten minutes, and John Robbins comes on with a microphone. You think, I could, I'd like. It's quite. Must be quite nice to sit in a venue and watch every show. Yeah. I like the fact that at the end of the show, as soon as I've been literally been like. About ten people get on the stage. They start taking everything down, and there's people sort of in the still in the audience, like (laughs) you know, like still weeping for the loss of their whatever, you know, the innocence of their life. And then there's people like, get out. You like at least when we did it in London, it was all at the end was like take as long as you want to sit here, you know. <laughs> tissues under your chair, and these guys are like get the fuck out!
0: I don't care about your life. Yeah, there's people bouldering towards you. You're trying to get out. And go, out of the way! Out of the way! It's brilliant, It's the best part of the show. <laughs> uh, keep that in. <laughs> yeah, bully I'm, a, I'm very much a performance artist myself as well. Um... <laughs> I do a podcast in which I play my, an audio podcast in which I play myself at snooker to find out who, oh. which is the best me. It's been running for about seven or eight years. That's quite performative. I art. do a I do a podcast where I, I'm trying to clear all the stones at the field near my, where I do my dog walk. That there's is a lo- that is very performative. There's a lot of stones, so I'm trying to get more. And then I have to describe what I'm doing and explain to people how I'm doing it as I go around. Which that one's going to run for hopefully 30, forever, or four <laughs> years. Um, ultimately I'm hoping to replace all my body parts with stones so I can carry on doing it for eternity
2: you're more performance art than I am yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, you know, if you could get, get me any of your grants from the Arts Council Boy, mate, to do they that. are easy to, to get do are
2: they? yeah just write please can I have some money you just be, I'm, want to replace all my organs with stones I'll be like genius and I'll give you like 50 grand
0: Yeah. I must try it that's how it uh, works but it's you know I like but I like that that element of you know there's, I think there's in the best stand-up there's art and in the best art there's, totally. there's comedy you know it's, a lot of people feel it's
2: I love different. I love like Kim Noble for example who'll do you know did Noble and Silver did oh it's very strange but mainstream television programmes and then his shows are so absolutely deranged and then yeah. you know and then he'll make very small books or huge gallery pieces and I I I think as much as possible as an artist you want to be able to sort of occupy all the territory one so you can be satisfied you know mentally but also for the money (laughs) (laughs)
1: like
2: what are you i'm like well um are you a comedian or an artist Um, what are you i'm a funder i'm an artist (laughs) what are you i'm a punter i'm a comedian mate you know whatever you get the money yeah
0: fair enough uh it's what it's all about um uh, I mean, you've done a, a lot. The, the, I, I, this is the first of your shows I've seen, um, sadly, because the other one, sound right, up a street as well. My wife has seen um, uh, the one uh, about the, you becoming a pop star. Oh, incredible. Your, your yeah. nine year old niece was in the show as she well. She was, yeah. Yeah, so you, so you were trying to do a. a, a Some, like
2: sometimes I do social experiments. Yeah. like when, I've, when nothing bad's happened in my life that year, I've been like, right, I have to make something happen. Not necessarily bad. But for that one, I'd moved back to my near my mum's house and so I was seeing my niece who was nine quite a lot more than I ever had, I'd been you know, basically drunk in a club for the whole of my twenties, I didn't even know who this person was and she was sort of showing me all these pop videos on YouTube and I was was astounded by this sort of lingerie kind of Rihanna grinding and I said go into my costume store babe and go and get out the clothes that a pop star would wear and she literally came out with like, I mean like worse than what Madonna wore, you know like just like crotchless like thigh high boots and I was like do you know what feminism is? And she was like, no. And I was like, Ugh. I punched my sister. And then I and then I said, let's invent a feminist pop star. And we and she managed me for a year. And um, the pop star was called Catherine Bennett. Right. Very pop starry name. She was a paleontologist by day, pop star by night. She loved tuna pasta. And um, and I had to get on and played on Radio One, and I did.
0: All right. And
2: then we made a show about what happens when you try and make a, a kid political and the manager of a pop star.
0: Yes. It's great. <laughs> um, well, your songs are awesome. So obviously, there's music in this show. Yeah, I love uh, it. Like the fanny <laughs> song I mentioned, which is... Which is which a Google. classic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic. It's great. It's fun. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so the, 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 it's, you've got all these different... There's movement, there's comedy, there's, you know, it's all these different skills yeah. time. It's, and I, I, Again, I like the sound of Sex Idiots, which was when... Uh, I nearly wrote a film about this myself, uh, uh, <laughs> where you get an STD, you got an STD and then went to search through your sex life. To yeah, find out they was. did
2: make a channel for a um, comedy yeah. programme, didn't they, called Scrotal Recall.
0: Yeah, mine was called... I, mine was called I Don't Know Who I Did Last Summer. That was very <laughs> good. <laughs> but
2: My favourite part of Sex Idiot, which is the one yeah. I've done the most, because it is the most stand-up-y show of mine, is the audience donate their pubes and I wear it as a moustache. Oh, my God. And, w- and I sing a song. And I was trying to think of how... M- someone said to me, how many pub- people's pubes must that have been? And I thought, 10 years of doing that show. 100,000? Yeah. And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah. I remember the last time I did that show, I was just found out that day that I was pregnant. <laughs> and it was a very hot day in Adelaide, like a 45-degree day. And I was, like, put these pubes on my face and thought... You know, I was really morning sick. And I was like, "Never! I'm never doing that show again." Yeah. Like, <laughs> went off stage puked, came back on, like, "Cheers." I think that might
0: be how you got the STD by doing that. That doesn't sound. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I'm sure. Nice. I Probably I always get
2: cold sore, so that might be that. Yeah, that could gross. be. Gross. That. that is gross. <laughs> Why I've did been, I do that? You I know, like remember. when you think of your career and you think, "What? What an attention seeker." <laughs>
1: That, well, you know, I,
0: I, I did something similar, which I had a, a toothbrush mustache for a year to see see why the why the mustache was associated with Hitler. Oh, so yeah. I, I went around with that. So I understand all that element of it. Where you're very where
2: process, you're process based. Yeah, well, sometimes, yeah. Some of the shows.
0: Sometimes. Yeah. Some of them. I like, but I like to vary it with what I do. Is so. Sometimes I do more straight stand up, but quite a lot yeah. of my shows have been about a subject yeah. or. Yeah. I but. do
2: remember the one with the mustache. I do remember yeah, yeah. that happening. And yeah. And me thinking, why is he dressed like Hitler? <laughs> <laughs> and it was to, you know,
0: get the Nazis back again. It works. <laughs> it did work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God. Uh, and what's the, what's the show where you were, you were drunk? For, did, you mentioned this in the show last night. I did. You drank, th- you drank for a week? I drank were you drank. Constantly drunk for a week.
2: Oh, it was more scientific than that. It? Yeah. Uh, Baseline day on the Monday, no alcohol made art. Test audience came in, assessed the art. This was a collaboration with biomedical scientists and some neuroscientists and various other people at Wellcome Trust. Second day, third day, fourth day, incrementally more drunk, kept in the same alcoholic state by being breathalyzed for eight hours. <laughs> It wasn't just getting pissed, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but was the best artist on day seven when I was 11 shots for breakfast and kept in that state for the whole day. Right. But I think maybe the best art meant the funniest, weirdest <laughs> things, you know?
0: Yeah, it's, again, I've done gigs drunk, like, accidentally and on purpose. <laughs> uh, uh, sometimes it's, it's not a good idea. There was a gig that they did the, at the Frog and Bucket at, um, uh, where they... Where they make you get drunk and then give you shots all the way through the show. What? But it was it was quite good. You lose the inhibitions to the extent that yeah. you're... Well, I was incredibly rude to people in the audience. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I also did... I can't, remember, can't, I can't remember what it was, but I came up with something about uh, Judas that was pretty good. But you can't remember <laughs> what it was. I can't really was. remember what it was, but I remember <laughs> yeah. thinking, that is pretty, pretty good. That's pretty. Right, I'm going to ask you, see how you get on with some emergency questions. This is just uh, dumbass questions I ask people. I'll ask you this as an artist. Uh, if you... Um, if you could take one painting or or exhibit from any museum or art gallery in the world and own it, and it'd be yours, and you can take it home, they say you're allowed one thing, what thing would you take? Or a person could be a performance artist, you could take them and make them do their art in your house for the rest I of the day. I would, if
2: I was allowed to choose a performance artist, I'd cho- choose Oleg Kulik, who's the human miracle. OK. He He's always just in galleries, just turning.
0: In the ceiling? Just
2: like in the top corner of galleries, and you shine lights at him, and he... Rotates. He's naked and he's got, even got disco ball pieces on his penis, which I just love. And I'm sure my son would love that as well.
3: Yeah,
0: that'd be a distracting. Probably wouldn't sleep again. Don't put it in his bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> that might, might lead to problems. Uh, good. Well, you can have, you can have that. Thank I'll you. Get that de- I'll get that, that delivered person. to you. Um, do you. Have you ever seen a ghost, Brian Kimmings? Never. No, I really thought i you have everyone. No way. It's not
2: something I believe in. Sorry. Wow. Sorry.
0: I really thought you would.
2: Not really, what? Yeah. Why? What about I me? It's looks like my, a...
0: it's just my theory of uh, mental, um, <laughs> <excitement>. mental people—people <laughs> 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 people who have a, a different mental uh, look at the world. You know, but your show saw almost the, the house is almost there—a a ghost figure. Yeah, but a piece. I've never,
2: I don't believe in the afterlife. Don't know. So no, sorry. No, that's okay. I believe in energy and like weird like auras and that. Yeah. If you'd ask me that, okay.
0: I'm not going to ask you that. But definitely don't. Okay, I can see ask. yours right now. <laughs> How is it? It's
2: literally just a light behind okay. you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's orange. Good,
0: that's good. Uh, orange is good. Um, <laughs> so I was just going to ask you something then. It's gone out of my head again. Oh, it was so, it was so important that I asked you this. Ah, the, the, cri- the leaking critical voice that you use in your oh show. God, yeah. Um, Why, do you um, have one of those? Sp- I mean, I know, I'm, I guess all performers have that. It's interesting to have it. So you have a male voice who criticises you and says... The, yeah, the and I, and I play that guy. Yeah.
2: So I pop out every now and then and kind of criticise myself yeah. in the show. Do you know why... What are you asking me? Why did I do it?
0: Yeah, well, just... It, well, no, just I've wondered... You know, you've got to the stage where you're so successful, and is, that, is it really still there to that Yeah, extent?
2: of course. Everyone has a, a critical inner voice. Yeah. I mean the uh, total i think you know i and i and he was there the whole time i was trying to write this show so i was like if he's going to be there the whole time he might as well just come on the stage with me <laughs> and actually by putting him on the stage with me he kind of disappeared yeah. because he allowed me to just be like i can see this for what it is but no const- constantly yeah. i'm writing a film at the moment i've got one coming out in, in december christmas film yeah. which should be like right now Brian, you are a screenplay writer but of course, not. I'm sitting down to write another film, and I'm like, "Who the hell do I think I am?" You know, so it's going to be—it's constant. It's just yeah. knowing that it's there and being able to say, "Shut up, mate. You're a dickhead."
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, the creative process—you know—you you go through that. It's—it's it's always horrible until it's finished, and then it's nice for a little bit, and then and you, have you to start to again. again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you've always got that. What, so the film we've written with Emma Thompson, right? Yeah, and yeah. This Paul Feig? Is it? Oh yeah, it my yeah. favourite director. Yeah. Managed to. Uh. Back so it called Last Christmas. Is there? Is there? Can you give us any information about it, Um,
2: you can watch the trailer on YouTube. Okay. Um, it's got Amelia Clarke in it of Game of Thrones okay. fame, um, who's lovely, and Henry Golding, who was in Crazy Rich
0: Asians. Okay. Did she yeah. come and see your show? Uh, Amelia Clark, she she didn't in, actually. She was here this she week. She was here. And I looked at the list, and you you, you weren't on I there. I know. What a bitch. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> And you, when she killed all those people with yeah, that dragon, I no, know she was, was going to turn out. It was a I liked it till then, and then she turned that nasty.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, and and I can't tell you much about it, apart from it's a Christmas rom com. Yeah. it's quite, it's very festive. It's gorgeously shot, and it was. It's. Um, Paul's calling it a love letter to London. Sure. It's just gorgeous. And how
0: how's the uh, working process with Emma Thompson? Did you were you sitting down writing with her, or were you passing? I went
2: scripting? to her gaff. Um, did some brainstorming. Greg's part of the writing of it as well. Her husband yeah. wrote a draft. She, yeah, we, we meet each other every now and then. Sometimes I go to her parties. She's ever so nice, which is you know yeah. like when you're like, please be nice, please be nice, <laughs> and she's bloody lovely.
0: Yeah, oh that's good. Well, we we'll look forward to that. It's out at Christmas. I'm yes, guessing. yes, yeah. November eight. That's, that's good, good marketing. Yes, yeah. yeah. but it's not on last Christmas. <laughs> it's on this Christmas. George oh. Michael's,
2: based on the lyrics of George Michael's yeah. song, that kind of Is thing. George,
0: do you refer to the fact that George Michael died at Christmas in the film? I
2: can't remember. I don't, I don't segment, remember. That's what I'm saying, just leave him alone.
0: <laughs> 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 so, look, tell us about... I'd love to talk to you. I'm, hopefully we'll get to talk to you again another time. There's so, nah, there's so much... Uh, I'd rather such, not, such thanks. A, no, you don't want to do it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> as my critical voice has come in <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: you're <I> rubbish <laughs> yeah. don't make me come back
0: I mean I'm, I don't really need that I just that's, that's how I do the podcast yeah. I'm shit. Sure get some good people on for you thank god um, <laughs> so tell us where you're on and where, where your extra shows are if we get, but there's oh, still yeah. some tickets left aren't there for oh
2: yeah there is it's, it's getting good and yeah. busy but it's on Pleasance 1 which is in the courtyard um, on Pleasance it's 5.30pm every day until the end now because I've had my day off and on the Friday and Saturday next week, it's on at 10.15 a.m. Right. If you want to, like, start your day with a massive cry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Is that going to be difficult for you? I mean, you are a very, uh, very, I have in- done two I, a day I, before. Have you? Yeah. But, like, at that time of the morning, you're very emotionally involved in it. I mean, you, you're genuinely crying at the end, and you're genuinely... My agents exhausted. are making me do it. Yeah. They're terrible.
2: They're awful people. <laughs> he- help me. <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah. It's emotional, but do you know what? Everyone's like, are you okay? And I'm like, no... The reason why I'm crying is because it's sad. Yeah. It's okay for something to be sad. Yeah. It's not that I'm in the middle of a trauma. It's just sad, sad story. Yeah. And also, I'm a really good actress. You are very good. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, Ooh. 80 <laughs>
0: minutes there as well, you know. That's a long time. T- There's a lot of weightlifting
2: in it as well. <laughs> There's isn't there? Some weightlifting.
0: I should put some of that in this because I need to get a bit fitter. Oh, it's you. Quite, just I think that's a good way.
2: Of it. I love weightlifting. Yeah. It's my thing. Is it? Look at me, I'm huge. <laughs> but I just love the way it makes me feel. I don't know. It's a, I hate running, so or any kind of cardio. I'm such a massive smoker. Anything that disrupts my smoking. But you can smoke whilst weight smoking. training.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so we're going to have to draw it to closes. We have another guest. But ladies and gentlemen, mass round rolls of braiding. Thank Bryony you Kimmings. for having me on. I will do my uh, usual reminder that after the show I will be in the foyer. I'm very happy to say hello and do uh, selfies if that is your thing. Uh, no one can do a selfie, so don't say to me, I don't, can't do selfies, no one can, okay? And so don't worry, don't, be, don't feel bad about your inability to do selfies. No human being can do them. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why it's become a thing. Uh, I, I'm selling uh, my books, Emergency Questions, 1,001 Emergency Questions, that's the new one. Uh, if you prefer something that fits in your handbag, that's the original Emergency Questions book. It uh, costs the same, but there's half as many questions in it. <laughs> but they're better, they're three times as good, so you do the mathematics. Uh, there's also some uh, stickers you can get as well, uh, saying, I'm one of the cool kids. Uh, lots of different stickers, uh, you get those three if you buy both books, and, uh, if you got a programme at the beginning, which I'm sure you did, uh, that is a figure from me to you, I uh, hope you will enjoy it, uh, I'll make a collection for Scope after the show, uh, people will either have buckets or there'll be a bucket on my table, if there's, you can't find anyone, just give me the money and I'll put it in a pile on my table and it will go in the bucket, uh, please give generously, we had Lost Voice Guy on yesterday and, uh... Who has cerebral palsy? And we got loads of money yesterday. I might just get him back every day, just uh, (laughs) sit and look forlorn in the entrance as you leave to guilt you into giving. So please give some. Please give some money back if you can. Right, my next guest today is probably best known. It's hard to say for being a backing singer for Bazooka Joe, which is actually quite cool. Uh, or you might know her as the girl on Undercliff from the French Lieutenant's Woman.
1: <laughs>
0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's Arabella Weir. <laughs> welcome. Come on. Come on,
1: welcome.
3: Did you like that hilarious uh, description of my oeuvre? (laughs) Girl on the undercliff, and what was the other one? Backing singer of Bazooka Joe, excellent. All true.
0: Bazooka Joe, Adamant was in Bazooka Joe.
3: That's the most famous thing about it. No, the really most famous thing about it is our bass player in those days was called Stuart Goddard. And for the real Trekkies, you'll know that that is the real name of Adamant. And then at one of our last ever gigs was supporting a band at an art school, predictably enough, um, who were playing their first ever gig, and they were so bad that they were booed off, and this is not a joke, within about sort of 35 seconds, and they were called the Sex Pistols. <laughs> that is true.
0: Wow. Imagine if you'd gone on to be a backing singer for them. No. <laughs> what? Well, well, I'd probably be dead. <laughs> And uh, French lieutenant's woman? Do you remember working uh, on that? Yes, that's what, that's I your first doing.
3: I, it was in the days when nobody worried about budgets. It was also long before the Me Too days, uh, although there was plenty of that stuff going on. And I had a tiny part uh, as it you might uh, think from the name of my character, Girl on the <laughs> Undercliff. And that the purpose of my character was that I was a I was a saucy local girl um, with my boobs hanging out, not quite literally, but one of those sort of 18th, 19th century costumes. And the idea was that me and my boyfriend were sort of cavorting in the woods and the very uptight character played by Meryl Streep would be looking at me and my boyfriend uh, frolicking in an un- unfettered uh, way and that she and Jeremy Irons would uh, you know, see us and think, oh, that's how sex should be. And uh, so I'm in the film for about, oh, I don't know, 11 seconds or something. And uh, that was an eight week shoot for me. Wow. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was on weather cover. Uh, but it was fantastic. Yes, yeah, so I was very, yeah. Yes. Yeah. A long time ago, though. But not many. I bet there are lots of French Lieutenants women, w- woman fans in here. Yeah,
0: that's what you've all come for. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh look, it's it the girl from
3: the Undercliff. You must <laughs> rush down
0: there. The girl from the Undercliff. If you're the girl from the cliff, that would have been better. Obviously. Wouldn't it? But the obviously. girl from the Undercliff. Girl from the Undercliff. You know, you've got to start somewhere. Um, so, uh, well, you're up in Edinburgh, and uh, have you done Edinburgh? You must have done Edinburgh before. You've not. Have you, you've done the Fringe before. Someone just went.
3: No, is, is my uh, is my Wikipedia entry person here? Yeah. I did the. Th- Festival, for the first time ever, as a drama student in 1976, and I've never been back since. So this is my first ever live show. I mean, not my first ever live show, my first ever solo show. And, yeah, it feels pretty epic.
0: Yeah. Why did you decide to bring it to the fringe? Well,
3: I know Edinburgh very well. My dad's from Dunfermline, was from Dunfermline, and my mum was from Melrose. And so I know Edinburgh very, very well indeed. So the whole festival thing wasn't, you know, like anybody from around here. It wasn't a kind of oh you know that's a thing I knew Edinburgh anyway and then I'd been to the festival loads of times and then last year I saw a couple of my mates females doing shows and I thought yeah I can do that one was I'm not going to say who it was but one was terrible (laughs) and I thought I can definitely do better than that but for me it's always been like a Mount Everest Yeah, it's always been like if I can do that I can do anything that'd be less Mount Everest and more New York New York wouldn't it Um, if you can make it there you can make it anywhere that's the reference and not Mount Everest because obviously if you can make it there you can also make it other places Um, and uh, so yeah and then I just also my kids have gone to university and I'm a single parent and I um, I think that deserves a round of applause actually (laughs) I'm joking I don't really think all women are single parents oh yes (laughs) Um, I don't believe that either um and so I just sort of thought, yeah, I'm going to do it. And funnily enough, I do a lot of this. Um, uh, all the way through the discussions with the producers and everything, I thought, yeah, we're having these conversations, but I'm not going to really do it. And then they go, right, we've booked this ve- venue, and I was thinking, yeah, book away because I'm not really going to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I just, and then suddenly it looked like I was doing it, and here I am. But I'm having a really good time. But I am pretty frightened.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you're up and running now. You can't. You must be. The nerves must have settled. It's all the selling The show well. is about my mum. Yeah. So
3: most of you will probably know that I had a very famous catchphrase, which was, does my bum look big in this? And that was about... Total silence, no? no. <laughs> I've got a very young audience there. Very, of, very young. Yeah. Everyone's under 20. Got no fast show. Never heard of that catchphrase, now. No. And, uh, and by the way, it was my catchphrase in case somebody gets, yeah, but I mean, other people said that. No, they didn't. And um, <laughs> I've had two espressos this morning. I'm cooking. And, um, and really, uh, I, my, that catchphrase came out of the fact that I did genuinely believe my life would be perfect if I had lost weight and had a smaller bum. Uh, and a Prada handbag, obviously. The, that turns out to be true. And, and, and then when I sort of thought about it it was all because my mother who was, as I say, Scottish and not a lovely homemade jam and drops gone Scottish she was very puritanical, punishing don't get too big for your boots. What's that about? Don't do that. Don't look nice than that. That's not... That Paul Whitehouse, he's marvellous. You're okay. <laughs> um, uh, what, what, how's he let you on his show? I had that once. Um, <laughs> and so I... So this show is called Does My Mum Loom Big in This? So it's all about... See what I've done. Yeah. See what I've done. And so it's about my relationship with my mother, yeah. and then also
0: about me as a mother. So
3: yeah. yeah, it's it's funny, but it is also there is quite a lot of the uh, pretty uh, alarming parenting. Yeah.
0: Well, it sounds you know like when you were pregnant, your mother was saying you were fat, and when yes. you two two days before Did she died, your how mother fat was saying. you are. And
3: I went, but I'm four months pregnant <laughs> still. <laughs> um, yeah. She just couldn't. She couldn't. I mean, I don't know how many of the audience are actually Scottish, but as so many of my Scottish friends identify... I don't think it's exclusively Scots, actually, but it's that thing of, I'll have to undermine you, I'll have to keep... You know, don't get too big for your boots, just sort of stay in line, don't get noticed. I mean, it's... I think it must have been wanting your kid to achieve, but also thinking they would achieve better if they were sort of told... It was always... Uh, you're not more special than anyone else. Oh, yeah. I found that out totally in a hurry, um, working with a lot of men. Um, but yeah, I think it's just—I don't know where it comes from because that's not what I'm like. I mean, I literally break out a brass band when my children remember to flush the lab. <laughs> you are a genius. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's about that, and it's about me as a mother. And
0: yeah, I mean, it's tough parents, isn't it? Because you do tend to try and do the opposite. The things, the things that affected you as a child and your children then aren't necessarily the same as you were so your kids in 20, 30 years time might be doing a thing about how you'd never criticise them <laughs> and how that ruined their lives but, uh. Uh,
3: I do criticise yeah, them, yeah. I am not a kind of crazy, oh my god you're so marvellous I mean I do think they're wonderful, I think they're good people but I have brought them up to think about others to be kind to others to and to be more importantly than anything else a member of their community yeah so, yeah. Uh, my daughter saw a boy who was obviously, it turns out, out of his mind on drugs, who'd just been to some festival near our house. We live in central London, but there's a big festival in Finsbury Park, which is very um, edgy. And she picked him up and brought him home. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think for a shag. Um, but I, I hope not. Uh, but I did think, you no, know, that then I've done a good job. Yeah. Because she considers others, but, you know. And as long as they don't... uh, But at the moment, I'm trying to get my daughter to be a police officer. It turns out that's still not hip. And I think... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's weird. I think... I mean, OK, I'm older now, but I think um, police officers can make a difference. It's only like being a social worker on a... You know, with more members of the BNP. No, that's not true. (laughs) Um, But uh, she goes, you are joking, right? And I'm thinking, well, I think that's quite cool.
0: (laughs) Well, talking about the fast show, which let's talk about briefly, um, I actually thought, I mean, I, I thought the character that may, you know, I think you were the first person to do this as well, and this is a, 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 a joke that you hear a lot now, is the woman in a meeting with all the guys ignoring uh, what she's saying. That uh,
3: wasn't the name of the character, by the no. way. Catchy as that was. <laughs> what, what was the character? How was the, the... Gir- the, the character was called Girl Who Boys Can't Hear. Oh, yes, and the conceit was that I wasn't, uh, that I was a... Uh, a different woman in every sketch, and the idea, which literally I got verbatim from being the only girl in the fast show, (laughs) uh, I would say something... The boys would go, the boys, as they were in those days, in the far, should we go, should we get a sandwich? Or should we go to that cafe around the corner? I'd go, I am literally in the middle of doing a sketch. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then somebody else would say exactly what I'd said, and everyone else in the room would go, no, that's brilliant. That is the kind of thinking we need. So I applied it in the sketches, and then she'd be a doctor, or she'd be a businesswoman, or she'd be a police officer, whatever. And the amount of letters I got for that, people saying, that's me. And, of course, that's 20 years on, and it's still going on. Yeah. But uh, Charlie Hickson said at the time, you know what people are going to think this character's called? And I went, what? And he said, they're going to call it Girl Who Never Shuts Up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> how did, uh, the thing I don't know is how was how the Far Show team assembled? Because it was, it was, there were some people who'd worked together before. And
3: Paul, and Paul Whitehouse and Charlie Hickson were writing for the, by this time, incredibly successful Harry Enfield. And then Paul had just started to do stuff with... Harry, where he was on screen. And Charlie at the time was still mainly writing and then sometimes would be bloke in sketch. But basically that was it. And Paul was, you know, people could see that Paul was superbly talented. But Harry was, you know, uh, I think Harry had something like 11 million viewers in those days. I mean, he was at, you'll all remember Harry, he was huge. And it was on BBC One. And then Paul and Charlie didn't feel they were getting enough sort of to do so they came up with the idea of the fast show and then i knew them because i'd done bits and bobs with harry right. and alexi sale and other people of our sort of generation although they're all much older than me clearly <laughs> and um and then harry uh you know paul and charlie asked me to do it and then they i think they'd seen john thompson and simon day i mean it was i mean you know if you think there was any kind of method, it wasn't, it was literally us standing in a bar and then going, well you're quite funny Arabella, do you want to do some bits in this show we might do, so there was no kind of there was no sort of, you know uh, board where everyone worked out who would go well together, it was all very haphazard and then we just all sort of
0: gelled Yeah, it it, it, it sort of changed sketch comedy, I mean and not necessarily for for the good the the things that follow (laughs) well I think (laughs) because let me finish Arabella it was very, it was a fantastic show. We we were starting up at the same time, uh, we were still doing very long format sketches. And a, but it, it basically stopped that. It's, it meant that then everybody was trying to do far show is, is what I mean. Everyone tried to do the next far show, which was everyone, which involved just doing the same characters every week. With and they weren't as good as the far show characters. <laughs> if you see what I mean. I mean,
3: I I do know what you mean, but I think once I mean, of course, as you know very well indeed, uh, comedy. You know the audience. Part of the joy is you, you set the thing up and then the audience, the payoff... The audience know where you're going and the joy is that it will be paid off for them and that they were right in thinking that was the direction of travel. And so I think it's so hard to then do a long sketch and then, you know, things get so boring and somebody... I mean, I, not that it was my idea, but I think what was brilliant about The Fast Show particularly as done by Paul, but also Simon and John and, well, everybody, but, you know, they were more, was the idea that you could encapsulate a really complicated character, like Paul's one, you know, I'm afraid I was very, very drunk, but that you could get quite a complicated character and do them so quickly, yeah. but get everything you needed to know about, the, um, with, you know, with the, with the catchphrase in the end, but... Yeah, well, we didn't deliberately mean to spoil it for all the other people. <laughs> it's a bonus, isn't it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think that and The League of Gentlemen, maybe, because The League of Gentlemen went the other way and made it everything more dramatic. So they took the sketch show into... Less funny, th- you could say less <laughs> 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 uh, But, you know, I kind of miss those. I miss those... I mean, you get them in, in a little bit in the American ones you can kind of see on Netflix, where, where there's a, just different sketches where you don't get recurring characters and it's just an idea... Yeah, you get uh, yeah. that
3: more on. Does anybody watch SNL? Yeah, you you get that, and then that's joyful. Yeah, and it's great. But uh, but I mean, that's not what we did. So, no. it, it was it was,
0: <laughs> it was it was all right. It did okay. Uh, and uh, <laughs> no fist of fun. That's why everyone's talking. <laughs> that's what everyone's still talking about we were today. Literally <laughs>
3: contemporaries. Yeah. I mean, not age. I remember
0: our producer. Uh, she came in, because she, she was really more worried about it than we were. We didn't really, we weren't bothered. We were just glad to have a TV show. But she said, well, you, the, the people, the first episode of the Fast Show has been recorded and the, nobody in the audience laughed at anything. It's a disaster. And She was really happy because she thought it was going to mean that the Fast Show wasn't going to work You out. have never heard
3: <laughs> silence. Like, so we... Do you all remember the characters Paul and Charlie used to do of the landowner, the posh landowner, and he was in love with Paul Whitehouse's character who was the land worker. And so obviously they couldn't be done in the studios because they were all shot on location, you know, because we had to have a big stately home that Charlie's uh, character nominally owned. And um, so we played all six to a studio audience, and you have never heard silence like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what the hell? And I remember thinking, this is a disaster. Yeah. No one's ever going to get this. But.
0: <laughs> but that's it. If you're doing something original, all the shows I like, all the comedy shows I like, the first time I've saw that seen them, I've gone, what the fuck is this? I don't get this. And, you know, if it's True. its own thing, it takes you a couple of weeks to go, oh, God, no, I get it. And then when yeah. you get it, and especially with the fast show, because it was so much about the building up the jokes. Um, you've also been, uh, you're the first female Doctor Who. So I was. Yeah.
3: yes. <laughs> uh, well, so when Doctor Who wasn't on telly, uh, they, it exists, and it still does, through... Now, what do they call it? Um, sell big Finish. Through. Yeah, Big Finish. No, but I was thinking, so you, uh, yeah, you go online and you buy... So it's, it's all done by actors, but it's on CDs. Yep. Yeah. A bit like radio. I sound like an old granny trying to tell what it is. <laughs> I think they probably and do so
0: downloads now as well, yeah. But
3: one yeah. day, they decide... Yeah, downloads and all that. And they decided to make... And I, I think it went from Richard E. Grant to me you know the transformation and they decided to make it as a joke i think it was around the time that all ladette stuff was in short-lived quite rightly so she was burping and farting and apparently they had an unprecedented number of complaints <laughs> uh but yeah so i was doctor who so yes before jody
0: <laughs> well that's good I've, I've been in one of those doctor Who things as well so they're good, yeah. they're good fun. They're good fun. Uh, and I loved you. I loved, well, I love Drifters, and you were in Drifters. We were, we were, we were, you, were, you and Bob, wasn't it? Bob Mortimer. Me and Bob Mortimer, yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, I mean, I wasn't Bob Mortimer. No. Uh, um, me and Bob were playing husband and wife, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and I love Bob very much.
0: And it was a great show, Drifters. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Jessica Nappit. Yeah. Or, yeah, she's doing a show on ITV now. Yeah. I Some so sort is. of blooper show with John Thompson. But, you uh, know, I absolutely love Drifters, and then... Um, uh, yes, because I'd done... Because you're not quite old enough yet, but you, get, you think you're really hip and rock and roll and doing a lot of comedy, and then suddenly people who you think you're a contemporary with say, could you play my mum in this series? And you're thinking, how could I possibly do that? You and I are the same age. So it, I've been really lucky, because that happened with Skins yeah. and Drifters, and I did a show for Channel 4 called Pure, um, where suddenly these comedy writers that, for whom you've, you you've know, been uh, on telly when they were little... Are now writing the stuff and putting you in it, so it's nice to get out. Yeah, I'm. (laughs)
0: I'm waiting for that to happen for me. This is for just way too young and hip. I I only ever get get, and I get cast as uh, sex perverts and uh, basically people who cut their cocks off. That's all I get. So people who use prostitutes. That's all I get. That's all I get offered. I take it, you know, it's fine. (laughs) Got to get deep into the character. <laughs> yes, uh, David, talking to Doctor Who, uh, David Tennant was your lodger, I've t- I found out today, for five years, is that right?
3: How did you find that out today? I found out, I
0: found out everything today because I looked you up on the internet today. Is that what
3: it, does it say that on Wikipedia? Yes. Yeah. Well, so who's Scottish in the audience and over about 40? Right, so 25 and a half, I think, maybe coming up 26 years ago. Um, there was a really brilliant TV drama called Taking Over the Asylum, which was about a radio station in a mental home set in Glasgow. And I, as a Scot, but as you can tell, a posh Scot, was cast as a radio producer who had discovered one of the voices on this. Obviously, the inmates did their... inmate, inmates, the inpatients, did their own um, radio show and one of them was the uh, 20-year-old David Tennant, and we met on that. And I just thought this boy is really, really talented. And I was going through a horrible time at the time with my soon-to-be ex-boyfriend, of which had been legion. And um, we hit it off, and we did the whatever the friend equivalent is of falling in love, but uh, as friends. And we've been mates ever since. So he moved down from Scotland to make it big in the south, and yeah, and we're
0: very good friends. Yeah. Was he a good lodger? Did he He was an absolutely brilliant
3: lodger, but we were incredibly lazy. And these are the days before mobile phones, so 25 years ago. Uh, So we both had landlines, because he didn't want me answering the calls to all his lady friends. And we'd both lie in our bedrooms, (laughs) where literally, I'd be in the room above him and talk all night on the telephone. (laughs) (laughs) Very expensive. But yeah, he was a good lodger and and a very good friend.
0: Good. And uh, I I was talking uh, to a previous guest about Bonjour la classe.
3: Oh, my God, were you yes. were in And
0: I noticed you were in Bonjour La Isn't Class. It's
3: literally a show about finding all the it's shittest
0: yeah. parts of the Yeah, mainly. It's mainly it. Yeah. Well, I bet I don't think Bonjour many people... Bonjour La Class many people ask Stephen Fry. It. Yeah, Stephen Fry was in it, but it was... Um, uh, oh, God, sorry. Oh, I'm very sorry. She's a good friend of mine. Callard.
3: Beverly Callard?
0: No, her daughter... <laughs>
3: Um, um, she's a good friend of yours, sorry, that's even realistic about that. And I've worked with her too, and she's, uh, this is two old people trying to remember a young person's name. What a great show. <laughs> um, no, it isn't Beverly, no, wait a minute. Is I couldn't Jack? think of a
0: mum's, I was on House I, of Games, Lisa. And the, it, uh, House of Games, and then I, the question no came about her mum, and I couldn't think of Beverly no Callard. Come on, called. Rebecca Callard, that's it. Rebecca Callard. I don't think it's Rebecca.
3: Yeah, Yeah, I didn't remember her being in it because I just remember Stephen Fry and me and it was, yeah, it was called about French teachers or it's practically um, mind your language. Uh, Yeah. Isn't it? For posse
0: She didn't know about mind your language and I was picking her up on that saying, was it like that? Did you have nice good racial (laughs) stereotypes in it? But uh, they they didn't. Anyway, we'll move on. We'll do a... um, probably edit that out James so I don't look like an idiot. Yeah, because that's really <laughs> uh, boring. So, uh,
3: <laughs> no, let's leave the bit in where he's got no idea what his friend's name yeah. is. I like I that. I can't I don't
0: know where I don't know where George Square is. I've uh, done a gig I've done a gig He's got young s- children,
3: this is what I'm happens t- to you when I've you've thought, got young children, your brain freezes. This is my twenty fifth
0: Edinburgh and like that's what I find weird about Edinburgh, you're walking around you go, oh God, I used to, I was walking up Castle Street on my way here and I thought, Oh God, I stayed here like in two thousand and two or something and you just completely forget you know, you're going there every day for a month and then you can't even remember which house it was, who you were sharing with. <laughs> yeah, that would be in the drugs. <sighs> no, I don't I've never. God, I wish I'd just, I'd have so many excuses for the way my career's gone if only I'd taken loads of cocaine. But I've, I've got <laughs> I've got no I've got no excuses. I I so envy Tony Slattery. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: I'll ask you an emergency question. Um, let's let's go old school. Uh, would you rather have a tit that dispenses talcum powder or a finger that can travel through time?
3: Would I rather have a tit?
0: Yeah, a tit. It's like your, your bosom or your nipple, your breast would that have could um, dispense
3: talcum unlimited powder.
0: free talcum powder for life.
3: Or a finger that could travel Yeah, you through could tra- your travel Your time. Well, oh, that's a no brainer, the
0: finger. Yeah, of course, that's the answer, yeah. What would you,
3: <laughs>
0: to give you an easy one to start with, what would you, uh, what would you use it for?
3: What would I use my finger? So the finger is attached to me?
0: Yeah, but it can go to places in the past through a little vortex.
3: Ooh, ooh what would I use it You've for? been
0: Doctor Who. You should have thought of this I'd as part of your that. preparation for the role.
3: The sonic screwdriver. Yeah.
0: Um, ooh. Something I... you like to alter in time using your finger? Future or or past? Future.
3: Ooh, I don't think I want to know the future. No. Uh, I, um... Mm. That is a good You've Never one. been asked
0: this question before.
3: Yeah, loads <laughs> of times. So often that's why I've got a lovely snappy answer. Um, I've no idea. I might go back. I'd quite, you know, I'd be quite interested in history. I'd quite like to see what hit uh, the thinking there and yeah. what sort of formed his hatred of. Everybody, yeah, but in it was a finger
0: coming through time poking him to find <laughs> yeah. out. That's what said. What's the only way to get away from this finger is I don't to know, try I and exterminate give everyone image with fingers? It's just
3: my finger going through time rather than the rest of me. As my finger it'd be back in a minute, yeah. it's going to tell me all about it. I don't
0: know, I mean, it, don't, it doesn't matter if you don't have an answer, it's okay. Uh, it's um, th- this you'll like this one more. Would you rather have a hand made out of ham or, or a <laughs> armpit that dispense, dispenses sun cream? That's why I've nearly <laughs> forgot the question. Uh, you can eat the ham. ham yeah you can eat it whenever you or, like you no I want
3: I'll go for the sun cream yeah. sun cream please uh, okay. thank you Good. Just I don't really want anything that. under my arm I've got enough fat there never mind anything else but uh, <laughs> yeah it'd be useful to have the sun cream because it's so boring and then I'd never get stopped at the airport would I no because you're always you know you've got a packet it and it's got to be in 100ml and all that but it'd always be there no yeah. that'd be good no and then that means my children have to touch me because they'd have to get it out wouldn't they yeah. they'd, that'd be the dispenser i go you've got to give me a hug because the uh, sun cream's <laughs> underneath my arm uh, my daughter I asked her for a hug and she said what you're fucking
0: pedo <laughs> <laughs> oh they're lovely they're lovely aren't kids. they from the mouth
3: yeah. of the babe she's 42 um <laughs>
0: Yeah. Now and with the uh, the my does my bum look big in this? which you? You've made a you've written a book about it and you've obviously you know embraced it. But I mean, a it's ridiculous. You're a, a very petite and small woman, so you should not be worrying about that. But also, do you get does it? How many times a day are people saying that to you? Or is it does it does it haunt your life? Not so still? much
3: now, but the what I used to get when the file show was on all the time uh, uh, and. When he says you've written a book about it, what he means is the international bestseller. <laughs> uh, but what I used... The, my favourite one was when my kids were, like, not... I mean, they knew I was on the telly and stuff, but, you know, they don't care what... And they were, like, eight and nine, so they're old enough to know when strangers come up to you and stuff. But a bloke at an airport went, Oi, aren't you the bum girl? <laughs> and I thought, now, in a dark alley, that could be a different story, couldn't it? <laughs> and I went, uh hello... And he went, you know, the girl, the bum girl. And I was thinking, no, my kids were going, what does he mean, Mum? And I said, well, not that. So, no, I've been, you know, I got my bum to pay for itself. So. <laughs> you did. And I've been very grateful for it ever since.
0: Yeah. Are people disappointed that your bum isn't bigger than it no, is? No, no, wait.
3: If you sleep with me, you'll see how fat my arm is. <laughs> it's plenty fat.
0: Well, I will sleep with you just, okay, to, just right to find now, that out.
3: <laughs> but simply for research, purposes, just for research yes. purposes,
0: After the podcast. It's very important to you research after the podcast. That is what I've discovered. Um, LAUGHTER Right, we haven't got very long left. Tell us, uh, tell us about where your show's on and how we can get to see it. and when My show it. is
3: on at 4pm and then it's on at 2pm as well on Monday, but it is sold out.
0: And which room's so it? So
3: it's at the Assembly Studio 2. Oh, but it's,
0: it's all sold out? But
3: no, I, yeah, it is completely sold out. But you're on but tour? You might be able to get returns, but it is on tour from February and I will be touring all over Scotland as well as the UK. Terrific.
0: I will be coming to Scotland, which I love, That's and it's my hometown. Good. <laughs> There's a, there was some uh, um, Two Doors Down, which we haven't got time to talk about.
3: Who's was, a Two Doors Down? Oh.
0: Yay, thank you. There was, uh, there was some, I saw on Wikipedia there was some criticism of your Scottish accent, but you which are Which is Scottish. fucking yeah. unacceptable. Yes. <laughs> because do you
3: know who said my Scottish accent? I am specifically doing Paisley. Yeah. Now, my dad was from Dunfermline, my mother was from the Borders, and uh, David Tennant, if you please, said to me, what the fuck are they on about? It's impeccable. <laughs> So I will not be told. No, it's just. And do you know the person who said that? It was a, a white. I don't know. Well, that's not relevant. But he was. Yeah. <laughs> he was an Englishman yeah. from the Guardian, and I and I literally I did the thing you're never supposed to do. I went up to him and I said, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And he went, "Oh, right, sorry about that." <laughs> <laughs> don't will fucking you print come a retraction? to my house and tell me my fucking Scottish <laughs> accent's not gonna fucking have you, pal. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I, if you don't need any tips, I'll give you some tips on the Scottish <laughs> accent later. But it's. Um, <laughs> I've got it. It's amazing. Mine's amazing. I went... I will not do it. No, no, Um It's, um... Thanks so much for coming on. Good luck with the tour. Good luck with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, have a Thank you. Thank you. Here yeah, go. um... We're back tomorrow with Sonia Patel and Dilipso Chivonda. Uh, there's still f- uh, seven or eight of these to go. We just booked in the, most of the last bit of John Cairns. is coming on the last one. That's very exciting. Lots of great acts coming up. Please come and see this and on tour. Uh, and we will see you tomorrow if you want to come again. Thanks very much. Goodbye. <laughs> You have been listening to Rahelastapa at the Edinburgh Fringe with me, Richard Herring. Thank you to Pest for providing the music. Thank you to everyone at the Newtown Theatre and the Stand, and everyone at GoFasterStripe.com. The producer is James Hingley. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStripe.com production. Go to Rahelastapa.co.uk to find out more. RichardHerring.com/gigs to find out who my guests are for the rest of the run.
3: wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com
0: Thanks for listening. Go to GoFasterStrike.com for all your download needs. Thank you to Chris Evans, as always. Not that one, uh, for the spectacular work he does on all of these podcasts. Uh, RichardHerring.com for all your gigs needs as well. Thanks for listening. Listen to another one. Go on, I dare you.